Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. I am the titular Rowan, and joining me as always, he just called a general excuse me, but he'd prefer to take it outside. It's Mr. Shane Kanto, ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to take this outside. It's probably loud outside and hard to record a podcast. <laughs> a very bad place to record a podcast. Um, Shane, I, I, I do have to ask, have you ever recorded a podcast or a show in any other place than where you are now? You're, you, so for the audio listeners, Shane is in front of his is in front of two of the shelves that he has that is just a massive Blu-ray and DVD collection. But have you ever recorded anywhere else? So I've recorded in my office at work a couple times because like I tried to squeeze something in during my break or something. Mm -hmm. And I think it worked out pretty well there as well. The nice thing is that my computer at work, I could actually put a virtual background on. Ah. The processor on this one doesn't work. So fun <laughs> fact about that. It's like, well, you hey, need a green screen. This is like, th this is a great background for like, you know, for the YouTube channel, for the movie, you know, for the movie stuff. Yeah. But I can imagine the one at work, you know, would not be optimal. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, I have some, like, my office is covered in movie posters and all kinds sure. of stuff like that because I'm a cool staff member. Up <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, to a bunch of nerds. Um, but I've also, because, like, I've record, I've been doing recordings and stuff since 2016. So, like, uh, when I first started my YouTube channel, I just record on my laptop. It's a gray wall with a horrible webcam. So, like, we've come a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Shane, uh, what are we watching today? This week, my pick, This Sporting Life, which is a sports drama about a rising rugby star with the first ever leading performance from Richard Harris. 1963. You have intense rugby playing and tons of domestic abuse. So what a lovely day this two hour and 15 minute drama is. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in checking out this movie, uh, it's free on YouTube. So very, very easily available uh, that I found out after a, an exhaustive internet search. Turns out it was just at the tip of my fingertips the whole time. Um, I watched it on the Criterion channel. So yeah, I yeah. extremely like... A cinephile self just was like, yep, I pay for a Criterion channel. Let me just hop on over here and watch it. Hey, if you pay for it, use it. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's available on YouTube and, and the Criterion channel. Uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, Shane, uh, ma big major leading role from, uh, from Richard Harris here. Probably the reason he has a career in the first place. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I... And uh, I believe he was Oscar nominated for this movie. Um, he was indeed, and he lost yeah. to Sidney Poitier. I mean, if who, you're gonna lose, if you're gonna lose, at least lose. Yeah, to Sydney Poitier. which was very interesting because I watched this last week, and then watched this. I got a screener for Sydney, the documentary about Sidney Poitier. I'm like, this all came full circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so. What so Shane? You mentioned this movie is about a um, a rugby player played by Richard Harris. At the very beginning, he gets an injury, and uh, that is used as sort of a framing device in order in order to tell us yep. how he got to this point, like how he became a rugby player, um, and all that. Mm -hmm. And so the first third of this movie is is kind of is pretty much told in flashbacks. We get a sense of his relationship with the other characters, thus setting up mm -hmm. what is going to happen 
later on with all of these. Um, Shane, did you like this movie? I think this is a really strong film and it made me feel some things. I don't like, I wouldn't necessarily say like, I liked this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, This is probably a movie I might not watch again, or at least not watch again for a long time. But boy, did they act the hell out of this movie. And boy, Mm -hmm. did director Lindsay Anderson direct the heck out of this movie. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, as you mentioned, super, like, really good filmmaking. It's, it's very good technically. The acting's great. I don't know whether it was the fact that it's a sports movie, but I, I feel like, you know, the heart of sports movies isn't really, like, it, like, it's almost never sports. It is the characters. Yeah. It is the people who are involved in this, um, in, in these stories that, that, that are involved in sports. But I don't know. I just could not find it in me to be compelled by a lot of these storylines. I don't know if these character storylines are interesting enough on their own without the support of the sports. And even with, you know, the whole rugby aspect of it, I don't know if that even makes it interesting to me. Um, I will say there is a major death near the end of this movie that I feel like would have hit me a lot more if I cared about these characters. But I don't know. I I agree that it is a, like, objectively, it is a really good movie. You know, it got awards attention back in the day, even though it, like, it didn't make a ton of money at the box office. People still generally very like, uh, very, you know, liked it mm-hmm. very much. It seems like it, it, it became sort of like a, um, as close to a cult classic as, as, as you know, uh, like a, a mid-tier sports movie from back in the day could have been. But generally, I don't, you know, I don't see myself rewatching this anytime you know not not just anytime soon but anytime and i think part of that is is the fact that it's a sports movie it's not that i hate sports movies it's that i just don't like sports in real life and i feel like i I, i've let that affect my enjoyment of certain sports movies granted we will be talking about sports movies later and there are a lot that i really enjoy so we'll get there as somebody who is into sports (laughs) and like there's a few sports that are like i'm really into especially baseball um the rugby scenes in this film are so visceral mm-hmm. and impactful and just you feel the danger like uh, somebody's gonna get like a get a digit ripped off ears going somebody's nose going knocking people's <laughs> teeth out they like this this had that kind of feel to it and those scenes oh, yeah. were pretty impressive mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh it, it 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 felt very very visceral um, at, at a lot of points, which was, um, you know, fits in with that whole, you know, with the good filmmaking vibe of it all. Uh, I just, I don't know. I legitimately don't know if this movie works without Richard Harris. I feel like he, he, he's just such an anchoring presence mm-hmm. um, that, you know, of course, now we are looking back on it saying, oh, my God, Richard Harris, how incredible is he? Back in the day, if you were seeing this, you would have no idea who Richard Harris is in in. in yep. It's so interesting that his career. Yep, the context of like when this came out, because like Sidney Poitier had his breakout big role that finally got him like an Oscar, which was a monumental win for so many reasons. And like Albert Finney had Tom Jones this year, and Richard Harris had this this year. So like between Albert Finney and Richard Harris having some big breakout roles in this particular year, like, and this film, 
really captures that blue collar kind of British sensibility. And I appreciate how the film deals with like classism and because like no matter how much money Frank uh, uh, actually gets and how successful he is as a rugby player, he's not refined enough to be high society, even though he has the money to be a part of high society. There's a whole entire sequence in a restaurant that just captures him as a person and how self-destructive he is, but also the way that he's being judged all the time and how that gets projected onto Mrs. Hammond, Rachel Roberts, who also gives a fantastic performance, but it's really hard. It It's tough watching the judgment that's being placed on him because he isn't from this higher society. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, she uh, she was also uh, nominated. Uh, Roberts was nominated for um, an Oscar uh, as well for Best Actress. Um, so 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 there was some some additional recognition there. But yeah, I I, I I do agree. I think part of it, I don't know. I I try not to let my my biases affect the films that that I watch, and I think that's like that's a decent rule of thumb um, for people who watch a lot of movies like you and me, Shane. I don't know. It, it, it was just hard to get around the fact that this felt like a sports movie, but at the same time, it didn't feel like a sports movie. And I'm not sure if more or less sports would have made the experience better. I don't know. Um, I, I feel like I feel like that's on me, but also there's nothing I feel like I could have done. It's it's definitely of an era of like, quote unquote, sports films. And I'm going to talk about one particular one around this same kind of time period in the 60s that very much did focus on the outside drama. And this film, it's really hard to get invested with Frank as we begin to realize how flawed and not a great person Frank can be. And there's a moment where he forces himself on Mrs. Hammond that's really hard to watch. Mm. It's so uncomfortable, and the performance that Roberts gives says it all. And you see him just lashing out in anger. There's one particular moment with like a fly, or so. Yeah. Oh no, it's a spider. It's a spider, yeah. Crawl on the wall. That that was I such had to a rewind. great shot. I rewound that to see that again. That was like that was really something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know. There's one particular scene where I felt so much tension, like he's playing around with the kids, like a ball goes out in the water. And like the way that they're building up the scene, I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, please don't let something bad happen to this little girl or I'm going to be done with this movie. (laughs) And it didn't happen, but it made it, you feel like something bad was going to happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, again, very good um, technical master. Uh, uh, you know, the people behind the camera knew what they were doing. So did the people in front of the camera. I just don't think this movie was made for me or for people like me, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, nothing wrong with that. Of course, it is uh, it is still apparently very famous in England and uh, it's seen as a classic. So what do I know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely tell this film is very very british Mm -hmm. 
for sure. And uh, I had to watch it with subtitles. Uh, I watch most things with subtitles, but I feel like I needed the subtitles <laughs> at some points here. It, w- it was very interesting seeing Richard Harris this young. Because, mm-hmm. like, growing up, knowing who Richard Harris was was because of three things. Unforgiven as Engl- uh, English Bob. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gladiator as Marcus Aurelius. And, of course, Dumbledore. So, like, it was very interesting seeing him younger. And also, I got some shades of Jared Harris, his son, mm-hmm. in this. And, like, it's like, you can definitely tell they're related. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anything else to say before we move on to some interesting fun facts? I think I'm good. So, uh, where's this rank for you, sir? Cool. Um, this is uh, number 12 for me. This ranks below the man who would be king and above frequently asked questions about time travel. I have a feeling it's a little higher for you. Um, and so it's, yep. it's, it's in the bottom uh, half for me, um, which I, I, I really do wish that I liked this more, but I, I feel like it just came down to the, um, to the sports aspect of it, unfortunately. This was on the... It didn't quite get to, like, I love this film. Like, mm-hmm. just from, like, a technical standpoint, I think I would love this film. I just, it's a hard one. And mm-hmm. it's even more awkward to watch in 2022 with uh, some of the stuff that's going on in this movie. But still, yeah. it wound up being my number six right above the man who would be king. But still nice. below, like, hard-boiled and everything else that like i legit love that we've watched so far right yeah yeah um yeah mine um mine is so it seems like we have some things uh some of them like in the same area but it's just in your top half and my bottom half um yeah interesting interesting i actually watched the movie that we're going to do next week earlier today and so that is currently in, in in my list but i have removed it from that number so technically it's number 13 but for all intents and purposes right now it is number 12 yep yeah (laughs) i have a feeling next week is going to rank pretty high for both of us um uh next week's is going to rank very high for me (laughs) (laughs) um before we move on just some little uh fun facts um, you mentioned Albert Finney before he was having his his big breakout around this time. Uh, he was the first choice to play Frank Machen, the character that Richard Harris did play. Uh, Does but he not turned surprise it down. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he turned it down. So imagine what that would have been like. Uh, we might not know who Richard Harris was, which would which would be a real darn shame. Um, also, uh, the uh, ca- the actor Stanley Baker. I don't know if if you've heard of him, Shane. Sounds slightly familiar. He he's uh, he was in uh, Zulu, uh, yesterday's enemy. Um, he was in a lot. He 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 died in the seventies. Um, but he expressed interest in playing Frank Machen when the character first uh, when the novel that this is based on rather was first published in 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 nineteen sixty. So there was a tension on this when the when the story was first published, um, which mm-hmm. I think is very interesting. Um, and uh, this is also. Um, the final screen appearance for Guy Mills, uh, the actor uh, who let me just get the character name up here. Uh, he played a um, he played a man in the pub, uh, but he was apparently a minor celebrity uh, in England. Um, he died four months before the release of the uh, of the film, so this was sort of a so this was a posthumous release uh, for him. Um, yeah, that's sad. 
Mm. Now, just to throw in there, Saturday Mm. night and Sunday morning, which is another, like, very blue-collar kind Mm. of British film that came out a couple years before this, Albert Finney was in that. So, like, I was thinking about that movie a lot, watching this. I'm like, Albert Finney probably could have done this, too, so it's interesting that you brought that up. And... I own Tom Jones because I love this movie. <laughs> of course. Of <laughs> Which course. is the one that won Best Picture that year. Mm. And Albert Finney was nominated for Best Actor for. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I also was, uh, th- this is my personal favorite fact uh, ab- about this film. Um, so at the very beginning, when uh, when Richard Harris, uh, when Frank Machen rather, is um is punched uh, and and that is the injury that kicks off the whole thing. Uh, that's a rug uh, a rugby league legend named Derek Turner who is the character who who punches him, and he was asked by the director Lindsay Anderson to make the contact look real, and so he did. He punched Richard Harris for real and knocked him out completely. Uh, shooting had to be stopped for a whole day while Richard Harris recovered. Um, which oh, I think man. is crazy. Only in the '60s, you know. Uh, I don't think anything like that could ever happen today. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, this will be a nice transition into our list. Um, the actor who plays um, Frank Machen's dad, in quotes, uh, who is William Hartnell, who plays the first Doctor in Doctor Who, uh, a show that I love. I adore Doctor Who. Uh, that show started in November of 1963, but it was this film uh, th- and this role, this appearance by William Hartnell, um, which brought him to the attention of Verity Lambert, who produced Doctor Who. So in a way, this was, uh, you know, this was the reason that that the first Doctor is played by Richard Hartnell. One of the categories we'll be talking about today is movies starring a Doctor Who actor. Now, Shane, I don't know how you, um, we won't start off with this category, but I don't know how you interpreted this one. Um, I interpreted it as movies with an actor who actually played the Doctor. Um, like, like like one of the 13 actors who have played the Doctor in, in Doctor Who. Because I feel like if we're opening it to all of the, all of the guest stars and companions, like that is pretty much every British actor ever. Uh, and that well, that might just be every movie. <laughs> I think I slightly cheated because I did include actors who played like special doctors. Okay. All right. I'll take it. I'll like take it. Uh, John Hurt. I think I, I think I have John Hurt in there as well. I didn't want to go Maybe overboard be because like if yeah. you open up the John Hurt can of worms, I could fit a lot of movies. So I picked one. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I also slightly cheated in that way. But, you know, there have been a lot of non-canon specials where, like, Rowan Atkinson played the Doctor and all that. I didn't count any of that. Um, I, yeah, I am purely going the, you know, how, 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 how the show Doctor Who, how that dictates the Doctor. Yeah, I basically, because I've seen ads for those big specials that we're going to show in theaters. And yeah. I know John Hurt and David Bradley both played like special versions of the doctor in those well so i david well yeah so so david bradley played was the recast version of the first doctor because william hartnell has since passed away so he is the yeah yeah so Um, i did include him too yeah 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 you know why not why not why not (laughs) for the for the record i have actually watched all the first series of doctor who that is actually available because i do have brit box mm-hmm. and i was like i watched all of his like the original doctor's stuff 
and can't remember where I stopped because I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch all of Doctor Who. And I'm just like, my God, this is a lot. So. Yeah, see, instead of watching all of the classic shows like Friends and, you know, like literally every single show that that my friends are talking about, how they look back on in their childhood, you know, Sesame Street, I just watch Doctor Who all the time. I haven't seen a ton of the like the original 1963 to 1989 series, but I've seen all of the new show multiple times. Um, so, yeah, nice. Doctor Who is quite my wheelhouse. So it makes sense as to that, uh, that I was the one that suggested this category for today. Um, but go. the other ones that we are going to talk about, we are going to talk about our top five sports movies and our 1963 watch list movies that we want to get to uh, from 1963 um, at some point. Uh, let's uh, let's start off with sports movies. I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a pretty good good place to start. Um, I feel like this is a, just a cut and dry description here for 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 what this category is going to look like. Uh, but Shane, why don't you why, why don't you start with your? Uh, oh, I guess I should ask you first. Um, how do you feel about sports movies in general? Oh, I love sports movies. I I was just talking about one with my mom because um as a football fan. And with the Washington football team changing their name, I was very disappointed that they didn't change it to the Washington Sentinels because of the movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves in it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, so, like, I'm pretty big on sports movies. And, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of sports that you could dive into. Some of them are more cinematic than others. There's something magical about baseball that I feel like makes a great uh, sports film and boxing I feel like it's one, two. Um, I've got two from the same sport. Well, I got two two sets of pairs from the same sports. And one of them's not exactly a sport that you probably think of. But my number five is The Color of Money. Um, because, oh, I love that movie. That's one of my, like, underappreciated gems of Scorsese. And Paul Newman, man. It's just so great. He earned that Best Actor Oscar with that performance. And just Fast Eddie. And like Tom Cruise in it's great as well. Um, My number four is Million Dollar Baby, which is a film that, for a big chunk of it, it's about boxing. But no, this isn't Rocky, people, which I think most people thought it was going to be. It's like, no, this is about euthanasia. Stuff like that. And I swear, I think that's Clint Eastwood's best performance. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a whole other level. And Hillary Swank was so, is so talented and was so on fire at that point. Just um, with her roles. Number three is Rocky. As an Italian-American from 10 minutes outside of Philadelphia, um, those assholes who are going to take down Rocky's statue... Cause he wasn't quote unquote real can go to hell. Um, Cause honestly, I love Rocky, Rocky to pieces and most of the franchise. We don't talk about Rocky five. Um, number two, this is my one comedy on here, which is major league, which <laughs> I can watch major league whenever, when, wherever. I just love this movie so much. The cast is amazing. The story of the Cleveland, then Indians, now Guardians, was uh, quite the underdog story. And my number one, which is another pole-shooting sports movie, starring Paul Newman as Fast Eddie is The Hustler. Because this is, like I mentioned before, talking about another sports movie from the 60s that really focused on the drama. 
watching this sporting life, I'm like, oh my god, this is just this is very similar to the hustler in many ways in the way that it deals with its drama and the dangers of like vices and stuff like that. And oh, those pull matches between um Paul Newman and Jackie Gleason, aka Minnesota Fats. What a name. <laughs> Very nice. But those are my sports movies. Wonderful. Well, I have made my feelings about sports movies abundantly clear. So these are going to be some relatively unconventional sports films that I have on here. Uh, my number five is Hot Rod, an extreme sports movie. Um, <laughs> just en- endlessly quotable. So hilarious. And honestly, this is just friends hanging out and having fun and making a movie. And I love it. I love that. Yeah. Um, Aside from being the first Lonely Island movie, which, you know, has to be, you know, it has, something has to be said about that. Uh, my yep. number four is Rocky, for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, I, I was not aware that there were people that wanted to take down the Rocky statue because he wasn't real. The city of Philadelphia um, was, was going to take it down. Wow. That's... Pieces of crap. That is ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, number three is Cars, um, the best racing movie. Uh, I believe... Was that... I think it appeared on my list that we did for uh, for for Viva Las Vegas uh, yeah. as well. Uh, it was not it was not my uh, it was not my number one racing movie, but I do believe it is the uh, in terms of like being just being general sports movies. You know, the whole motivation of the main character is to get back to the sport. He is yep. so dedicated to the sport, he will do anything for it. Um, and also Paul Newman, king of the sports movies. Apparently. Exactly. <laughs> uh, number two is the recently released King Richard, uh, the the tennis film. Uh, and my number one is I, Tanya, which you would not normally think of when you think of sports movies. Oh, but oh that movie's amazing. It is so good. <laughs> um, just is it, it, it works both as an expose of the behind the scenes of sports yep. and the behind the scenes of this particular incident um i just think it's great dealing with classism again like this sporting life that's a big part of i tanya and a very tragic part of i tanya Mm -hmm. definitely yeah um yeah very very well said um next up movies starring a doctor who actor um i guess i will i will go first uh with this one um my number five uh, is I, I I think I believe I tried to diversify this enough so that mm-hmm. uh, each doctor only appeared once. Uh, my number five is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, starring uh, Mr. David Tennant, the tenth Doctor, as uh, Barty Crouch Jr., the main villain. I watched this movie so many times before realizing that David Tennant was indeed in it, uh, and he is absolutely fantastic, playing an unhinged maniac like you've never seen him play before, up until Jessica Jones, in which case he played a more composed, unhinged maniac. <laughs> Kilgrave, man. Yeah, yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Yep. Um, Number four is Attack the Block, which apparently we're getting a sequel to, um, starring uh, Jodie Whittaker, the 13th Mm -hmm. and current Doctor. Uh, Number three is Paddington 2, starring Peter Capaldi. Um, Honestly, it was a toss-up of which Paddington to put on this list. I just think second, uh, Paddington 2 is objectively better in basically every single uh, regard. Plus, it made me cry. Always props when a movie can make me do that. Um, 
Paddington Two is the greatest film of all time, <laughs> according to one <laughs> Nicolas Cage, uh, and uh, and 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 Pedro Pascal. Uh, yep. Number two is um, I, I have voiced my my love for the Hobbit films on this podcast before, uh, but my number uh, two is The Hobbit: An Unexpected Journey, starring Sylvester McCoy as Radagast the Brown. Sylvester McCoy is, of course, the Seventh Doctor. Um, he did stu- uh, he was in Doctor Who between. 84 and 89, I believe. And uh, my number one is V for Vendetta, starring John Hurt. Um, absolutely stellar film. This is an annual rewatch for me. Uh, and John Hurt is just so incredible and so amazing. And I am always surprised when he is, like when the bag is taken off of his head at the end, um, despite seeing this movie so many times already. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this movie so much. Very nice. I do have one repeat on mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but my number five is 28 Days Later with mm-hmm. Chris Eccleston. Love it. And, oh, man, that's some top-notch zombie movies right there. Mm-hmm. Um, number four, In the Loop, because I am a humongous Armando Iannucci fan. And Peter Capaldi's Malcolm Tucker is one of the greatest characters ever put on film and the amount of curse words he throws at people in his really thick Scottish accent is worth every second of watching that movie <laughs> and the show the thick in the thick of it. Um, number three, Paddington two also starring Peter Capaldi. Um, my number two is alien starring John mm. Hurt. It was between Virgil um, Vendetta and, and, and alien for me to be honest. <laughs> yep. And my number one, the World's End, starring David Bradley, because I am, I will defend The World's End being the top Cornetto trilogy film until the end of time. And we, it is. We'll do an episode at some point. We'll do it with a guest and we'll do all three movies and it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess. We'll move on to our final category, 1963 watch list. Uh, Shane, I virtually guarantee you you've seen all of the movies on my list. Uh, So why don't you go first this time around? Okay. So my number five is The Raven, which is a fantasy horror film starring Vincent Price. Mm. And honestly, because Vincent Price. Of course. And also has Boris Karloff and Peter Lorre in it too. And apparently Jack Nicholson. Very young Jack Nicholson. So that definitely grabbed my attention. Um, My number four is HUD. Because apparently I didn't get enough Paul Newman (laughs) talking about my other list today. So I want to check that out. Um, My number three is Irma LaDolce. And as I'm doing this, I'm trying to remember why I put these on here. Uh... This was a this is a film starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine from Billy Wilder. So I'm like, oh well, that definitely grabbed my attention. So that was definitely enough for me. Um, my number two is uh, Charade and Cary Grant, Audrey, Hep- uh, Audrey Hepburn, Walter Matthau, James Colburn, George Kennedy. I'm like, holy crap! That also grabbed my attention. And my number one, this is a film that. I feel like I've only watched part of it, and I feel like I really need to commit to it, is Eight and a Half. 
because oh, that's my number one too. Although mine aren't ranked in any particular order, that is that is where I put as on on my number one sheet. Because <laughs> like I need to give that movie another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely want to because like it's either I did watch the whole thing and really did not like let that sink in. But it's definitely a film that I want to rewatch the most, or at least watch the most out of 1963. Absolutely. Um, well, Eight and a Half, as we've established, and Charade are both on my list as well. Um, so there those are ones that I have to get to. Maybe we could use the podcast as an excuse to knock one of those off at some point. Um, uh, others are uh, The Birds, Alfred Hitchcock. I'm dangerously low on, on, on my Hitchcock um, mm-hmm. list. Uh, and uh, High and Low, Akira Kurosawa, another director that I have not seen nearly enough of, but Amazing. I'm very excited to uh, to get more into there. I, I watched my first Kurosawa. I think I mentioned this on the show, actually. I watched my first Kurosawa over the summer, and that was Rashomon, and now I'm, I'm, I'm gradually getting 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 yep. more up there. Uh, but at home, I had time to watch three-and-a-half-hour movies like Seven Samurai at school. I do not, uh, at least yeah. on a day-to-day basis uh, and, and, and in one sitting. But I, I, I will get there. I will get there eventually. Um, and speaking of three-and-a-half-hour movies, uh, The Great Escape is my is my last one um, that I that Love I have it. to get to. Yep. Uh, this was one that was shown uh, this month at my local theater back home uh, that they are um, – they had a classic film festival, a lot of opportunities to see some classics on the big screen. And of course, that's the month that I go back to school. Of course, of course it is. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so those are our lists in 1963. You might see this category uh, appear or be flipped uh, next time we do it because we might do our top five of 1963 mm-hmm. um, next time we talk about one of these. But uh, yeah, so Shane, um, well, I guess I should say what we're watching next week first. Uh, we're watching The Hateful Eight. Quentin Tarantino. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be great. Um, I'm excited. I, I actually just watched it earlier today. Uh, and yeah, um, I'm very, very excited to, uh, to talk about it on the show. Um, and I know I know Shane is equally as excited because I know how much he loves this movie. Um, but uh, Shane, uh, where can the people find you if they want to hear more about your movie? Opinions? Check out the Wasteland Review YouTube channel where I do all kinds of wonderful content. You can check out my Instagram, the Wasteland Review, where I share all of my wonderful content. And I'm going to be having some new things coming your way from Scribe Magazine. I have a new article series which I wrote on this sporting life, which is the Wasteland Review. I'm sorry. I'm getting all my stuff mixed up. Uh, <laughs> Wasteland Rewind and... They liked it so much, they asked me to make a podcast version of it, too. So, there you go. Because endless content. Endless Endless content. content. Endless content equals endless time, you know? (laughs) That's how that works. Um, Anyway, you can find me at uh, thelenientcritic.com. That's L-E-N-I-E-N-T, critic. Um, I talk about movies and such, and I just uh, got another writer for that. That's fun, my friend. Uh, who is going to write a little more analytically about certain films, which is going to be great. Um, so check that out. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Give us, rate us five stars, please, if you like listening to us uh, blabber about movies and stuff. Um, we, we really, really appreciate it. And thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us for this episode for a movie that you've probably never heard of. Um, we, you know, we appreciate steps like that. Um, anyway, so uh, we will see you next week for a brand new episode about The Hateful Eight uh, for Rowan Wood and Shane Conto. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back very soon. Bye.